I love it. You didn't answer this question though. Well, what? What's your end game? Oh, what's my end your game. Ideal. What's that look like? So I have two visions. Betty Wright died with gigs on her books. She was what eighty something years old, comedian from um, Golden Girls. Y'all know Betty Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, died with gigs on a book, and why that's inspiring to me is she was still going, still doing commercials, still doing stand up, still in deep. So that's one vision I have, right? Um, another vision is, uh, so my partner is the beginning stages of her retirement. She's a, she owns her own business. I'm not saying beginning stages, like next month, maybe next 10 years, but even talking to her, her retirement isn't really retirement. It's just a shift. Maybe she doesn't own her business. Maybe now she is consulting. Maybe she's investing or whatever, whatever. I don't really see myself ever ending, ending. I see myself shifting. Maya Angelou was booking for $30,000 for an an hour appearance, Mm -hmm. plus all the extras, right? Mm -hmm. And she was being booked at like NASA. Mm -hmm. I see that. It's time to create an unforgettable experience at your next event with The Poet Life by booking a keynote poet. Poets excite your audience with motivating messages, charismatic delivery, colorful rhythm, powerful prose, and heart-filled stories with a style of spoken word that's tailored specifically to your event. The Poet Life has keynote poets in your city of all ages and backgrounds. Visit thepoetlife.com to learn more and book your poet today. Hey, 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 it's Christoph Jenkins, founder and creator of The Poet Life, and obviously the host of The Poet Life podcast that is actually transforming into the Poetry Business Podcast. And so this is actually what the first episode of The Poetry uh, Business Network podcast. And I'm excited to speak to my friend, my colleague, my mentor, uh, Queen Chiba. How are you doing? Great. How are you doing? I didn't know I was your mentor. That's great. I just keep Man, adding listen, this, this I never said, I never told you. I'm just gleaning from <laughs> your wisdom. That's all. <laughs> I've been learning for you, so that's great. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the best way to do things. You know, it's just kind of a reciprocation of things because we all got some knowledge and some wisdom. But when uh, last year, when I did the Poet Life uh, Festival in Atlanta, you are very instrumental in helping me make connections in Atlanta. Now, we got to talk about this real quick. Atlanta, uh, I appreciate Atlanta so much because you all hold poetry so dear to your heart and you and you protect it in Atlanta. Yeah. T- tell me about that and I'll give you my side of the protection of poetry in Atlanta. <laughs> well, because right now... So, all right, I'll make a long, long, long story short. Yeah. 30 30 seconds. So when I first got there in 2005, Atlanta was on the way to being the black Mecca, right? I came there from Norfolk. I'm from Detroit, came there from, went from Detroit to Norfolk and then Norfolk to Atlanta. So Atlanta was on its way to being the black Mecca, but wasn't yet, right? Tyler Perry was on his 
climbed for sure, but he hadn't blown, 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 blown. He okay. hadn't bought Tyler Perry Studios yet, right? Okay. It was it was happening. It was in the future. It was in the near future. We, you know, we we felt the rumbles, right? So um when it started to become this black mecca, we were like, whoa, 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 y'all not about to leave us out. Like we're here doing poetry spoken word by like people were showing up by the hundreds. So deaf poetry was still on and I want to say two, three years later it ended because okay. George and me did all nine seasons, whatever that was. I don't remember what year it ended, but I remember that she threw a party at a club to to watch like the final season, the final episode or whatever. Okay. Right? And so I was already there. I was already living there. I, I don't remember what year that was to say five, six, seven, something like that. So we're like, we're not about to be on deaf poetry on HBO. Have it like there was a poetry night pre-pandemic three places a night is what I'm trying to say. Seven days a week, three places a night, minimum audience, 100 people. So you're not about to tell us we're about to be out of this multi-billion dollar entertainment force. And everybody included spoken word in whatever they were doing. If it was a hip hop show, if it was an award show, if it was a commercial, if it was um, a music artist was coming by open for, I mean, Raheem and I, Raheem Devon and I, I want to say loosely grew up you know, together in the DMV scene. And then of course he, you know, singers always blow in one direction. So mm-hmm. um, when he would come in town, like we would open for him and and um, uh, just so many others, right? And so it was just like, we were doing big stages. We were doing 800 people at center stage. We were on B103 with Joyce Littell. So, and that was then. And then I remember I even got an opportunity to go on tour with Robin Thicke, but they chose Jill Scott. I was like, I'll lose to Jill Scott. That's cool. That's fine. You know? So um, we were in the mix. And so the reason we protect spoken word so much in Atlanta is because right now, hashtag Atlanta influences everything. That is the name of a company in Atlanta, just so I'm clear, but their hashtag is Atlanta influences everything. And, um, don't don't leave us out because y'all include us in everything else. Don't you know? Don't say we're at the bottom of the barrel now. So we're really super protective of of spoken word. We're protective of fair wage for spoken word too, and that's really super important to us because we spend a lot of time. Um, John Good was on CNN doing um, um, what was the name of that? It was uh, it was not Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry. It was a uh, it was a series with. Um, Dang, I am messing up right now. Oh, I'm messing up. I'm about to look it up while we're sitting here. No, this is good. Conan O'Brien. What's it, Conan O'Brien? The late no. night show? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm messing up. I'm totally messing up. I'm, he, uh, what was his name? What was her name? It was, uh, anyway, he was on CNN and did this whole series, right? And so it's just like, if we're on CNN, if we're on HBO, if we're on Hitch, if we're on Inside Man, if we're on Pizza Hut, Mercedes-Benz, um, I have done Reebok, Rockport, um, Red Bull, Lululemon, United Way. So don't leave us out. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So, on, but on the, on the other side of that is, don't come into Atlanta and just take and not give. Yeah. Black in America. Kinda... Oh my God, I'm so tripping. <laughs> I had to look it up. I was, I was like, oh my God, this is gonna drive me insane. What was it on? It CNN. John Good did, uh, I think it was an eight-part series, Black in America with, let me see the whole thing. What is her name? Uh-oh. Look at me. I'm looking it up on YouTube, y'all, because I did not want to be wrong. <laughs> what is her name? 
I only skip his ass. It was a it was a um, female show. What is her name? She produced the um. Yes, it was. It's a woman that's on CNN. Black or white? Black, but it, she has like a Latino last name. Mm. Oh my god, y'all gonna watch this and be like, she was tripping. <laughs> They'll put it in the comments. They'll know exactly what, what you're talking you know. About. They're gonna be like, right? I'm about to find her. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no. So, so protection, as in, don't come into Atlanta. You know. With, with whatever you got going on, speaking about spoken word, without without coming to the key people and and at least shaking the hand of those who you know uh, kind of built the foundation here, and I really appreciated that because me being new to putting on events in different places. Um, uh, that was a culture shock for me just a bit because in DC, you know, you can put on a festival, you can put on an event. But what I understood when I got to Atlanta was it was respect the culture and respect what we built here and let's connect, let's build. You know, it, we welcome you. But at the same time, you can't just come here without saying what's up how y'all doing at least yeah at least at, at least. least i think the reason it's maybe a little different in the dmv than deeper in maryland baltimore is because <clears throat> um there are so many different types of poetry yeah and i think you guys benefit from a lot more literary work and greats then we make make then we purposely make um accessible to us. Yeah. So gotcha. if you come and put on a, a poetry, if I was to come and put on poetry versus hip hop and DC and just promoted it in general, who shows up, who shows up? You know what I mean? But of course, me being me, I would invite out, you know, the you know, the the top dogs in, in the gotcha. DMV area. Yeah. But it's like you could do it and nobody would really care. They'd be like, oh, another event. But I think that in Atlanta, what has happened is that since that great wave of spoken word, people have started to break and do their own things. And so if somebody new comes into town, we're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You know, you didn't ask our permission to be here. And we already have a whole bunch of people here and you're not going to, you're not about to leave us out. Um, there's a organization that um, wanted to come or there was some rumors about them wanting to come to Atlanta and set up shop. And we were all kind of like, you can come to the Grand Council and ask permission. But <laughs> <laughs> you, we call ourselves the Royal Court. I know it's so horrible. It's so no, horrible. No, so horrible. no, as you should. And I felt, I felt every bit of it. I promise yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Christopher, what are your plans? Yeah. <laughs> Came to the Oracle, George what? and me. What I, we promoted her to Oracle. Like, I think I promoted her to Oracle because, you know, it was like queens of this, queens of that, and, you know, queen sheep and queen this and queen so-and-so and queen blah, blah, blah. We're like, look, you know, if you're going to be the mama of spoken word or the auntie of spoken word, you got to be promoted. So And she walks it, though. She walks yeah. in it. Yeah. You know, gave me a good, uh, I want to say tongue lashing, but uh, she gave me a good, 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 strong hug. 
<laughs> you know, I say Georgia Me is the queen of silver lions. Your house could be on fire with all of your yes. family artifacts in it. She'll be like, well, uh, at least you won't have to clean up the mess. I don't know. She'll just come yeah, up with something. It, it's you know? warm out here. Uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah, hey, you know, you won't have to pay for heat today. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, she's she's awesome. I didn't doubt, and I'll be honest with you. That whole experience showed me the, the home feel of poetry that I'd never felt. And, you know, because I love poetry, but like it, it, it made me feel like it was um, uh, brotherhood, sisterhood, fraternity, sorority element. And I was like, yo, this is deeper than I, than I knew it to be. Yeah. You know? I think what we're dancing around, unfortunately, is less, you know, because I'm at the, the, the time of um, we can't fix things without calling a spade a spade. What right. we're dancing around saying is that there are cliques in Atlanta for sure. I never wanted to admit it. I never wanted to feel like I was a part of it or created one or whatever. I always wanted to feel like I was a free agent and kind of you know, went to Java Monkey and Urban Grind and Cat's Cafe and then, you know, Georgia Mee's crew. And then I started College of Dope Ass Writers. And I, when I did that, I never thought of like, oh, I'm starting this click because my um, group me for College of Dope Ass Writers is everybody all over the country. So it's mm -hmm. not just people in Atlanta. It's us kind of like this podcast giving out poetry business and gigs and grants. Those are the people I go to first. Those are the first people I hire. Those are the first people that I'm like, hey, what's going on? I tap into them. They tap into me. And we tap into each other. Um, and there's some powerful people in that group me. So we exchange a lot of information. So <clears throat> I don't like to say that it's clicks. I just like to think these are like-minded people who would have sat together at a lunchroom in, in sure. high school. In high sure. school. And so, and, but, and I want to say this, I want to say this before we move on past that, yeah. it is not to say that all these groups, let's call them groups, it's not to say that all these groups don't intersect. Sure. It's, it's just that they um, migrate within each other. And then yeah. when it's time to intersect, everybody comes together in harmony. Yeah. I want to make that very clear. Nobody has any beef with any, anybody. I think we, we all got older and we were like, oh, we think more like these people. We think more like sure. these people. Yeah, and then, yeah. so of course, you want to be around like-minded people, and that makes you healthy and strong. And you and you you do that, you know what I mean. And then when it's yeah. time to, um, Georgia Me just threw me a surprise uh, Grammy party on I on, saw that. on Friday. So you know when when it's time for the community to show up, and and people came from all intersects of of Atlanta, and it was amazing. It was beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. No, I I saw. And I felt all of that. And um, I was just like, I was telling my wife about it. I was just like, it's different in Atlanta. She was like, what do you mean? I was just like, it's just like, I can't even explain it. It's just like home. You know what I mean? And um, and, and again, and Georgia, me is mom. And and I don't want, I don't want to call you auntie because I don't want you to feel like you, you know, you're old. You know, your let me tell you, you something. Know? I will tell you that Lady Brian told me something this past March that changed my perspective on me uh, having issues with my chronological age. And the reason I say it like that is because Katie Paris Hilton said once um, on the movie American Meme, the kind of movie documentary, y'all should watch it. It's not fluff. It's a serious documentary about them navigating their lives as celebrities. And, you know, she said, people want you to stay 21 forever on Instagram. 
And I was just like, man, don't they? You know what I mean? And so I have always been fighting, you know, telling people my actual chronological age and people guess way low all the time. And, you know, I'm grateful. And, I, you know, I do work out. So I'm like, yeah, I work out. I drink water. You know, whatever. It's in my jeans. Who knows? You know? So um, Lady Breon from Amazing Poet out of Baltimore, for whoever's watching this that doesn't know, um, we were at the APCA conference and I was just, I don't know, we were talking about something and she was like, you don't have to be, you know, 21 forever. I'm paraphrasing. She didn't say those words, but she's yeah. like, you don't have to be, oh, I was talking about the the age of the college students. I was like, man, these mugs are like 18 to 22. Okay. And I'm literally twice their age yeah. at 22 literally double their age, right? And then she was like, you don't have to be their age. You could be the auntie that's giving us the information, that's sharing your experiences. And I was like, That's Thank valuable. That's super valuable. valuable. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm discount by lying about my age, I'm discounting all the experiences that I've had, all the yeah. all the things that have made me me. So Thank for you, sure. Lady Breon, for that. I called, well, I texted her once and I said, hey, you said something that changed my life. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you just did. It was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> but now you know, Lady Breon, there it is. You know, there it is. That's what you said. And it, it was super valuable and really changed my perspective immediately. And I was like, yeah. huh. Yeah. When did poetry come in for you? Like what stage of life? What at what part? What part of poetry are you asking about? Just uh, the start of poetry. Just I, I don't care what form of po whether it's writing, performing. Like where were you? Were you were you five? Seven. You know, seven. 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 That is. And I know. And how many stories do we hear? Like this? I was seven years old, and I was, so I was in first grade. So roughly same. Seven. So I was in second grade and there was a um, koala writers conference. I grew up in Detroit and there was like a $250. And of course at the time or $50, I don't know. It was some sort of monetary prize. And we were to write about, write a poem. And I wrote a poem about the rainbow and I put black in the rainbow. I was like, black is powerful. Blah, blah, blah. At seven years old, right? I put all the other colors in there. I was like, red, yellow, blue, blah, blah, blah. And they turned my poem back into me and said, black is not in the rainbow. Whoa. Sorry, that just, I just, I will never forget that feeling of, how you gonna tell me, you asked me to be creative and then hindered my creativity. But watch, all of the colors in the rainbow together make black. Make black. Hello, second grade teacher, that I forgot your name, who you are? Wow. In Detroit, Vital. Vital Elementary. That had to be 1970. Wait, how old are you in second uh, grade? Seven, you're seven. So second grade? Second grade, you're seven. So 1981. 1981, Vital Elementary. Let's find out who that second grade teacher is in fire. <laughs> She's probably retired. <laughs> yeah. We need to fire. It's weird. I'm gonna say it's, I'm gonna say it's weird. But when you look back at your elementary school, those teachers are like still there often. Yeah. So well, I don't know if mine would be. Let's let's pretend she was 25. There's okay. no way she's still there. All right. There's, there's <laughs> no, not at not at 49, right? Yeah. So there's no yeah. way. There's no I way. I got you. There. I got you. So, but, 
So what did that do for you when she said that in regards to your poem? Like everything else that gave me adversity made me go harder, go higher, jump farther. Why bother? You know, if not, why bother? So mm. it really did. It made me like, well, I remember the feeling like, what? How are you going to ask me to write a poem from my perspective and then tell me what's not in it? And that's, you know, what they were like, well, there's black and bumblebees. I was like, black and a rainbow. What are you talking about? So um, it just made me, I don't know, want to keep going weirdly. Yeah. Yeah. I've always had this thing for like, you're not going to tell me what I can't do. Right. Right. So yeah. as you kept going, what did you do with it after that? Like, like for me, I was, I was, I was writing poems for funerals, for weddings and right. So what I didn't did you get do into with that it? until I was older? So, and then, so that was second grade. I don't remember anything in third grade, but in fourth grade, I distinctly, so now I'm nine. I distinctly remember memorizing, um, um, Langston Hughes, The Raisin in the Sun. I, I distinctly remember um, memorizing that and perform, like we had to memorize it and we performed it on stage and my parents were there. And I remember my father saying that I was the the clearest and the best. He was like, you you delivered the, the clearest with the most you know energy and we could hear you. And I was like, oh, okay. And so then cut to um, the next thing, I probably, I know that I was writing poems and journals and, and things like that along the way. Now, the next pivotal point was 2000, um, maybe 98. I'm sorry, it was 98. I remember it was 1998. And I was at Old Dominion University. Mm -hmm. I might have been, yeah, I think I was a freshman at the time. And um, yeah, because... 98. I might have been a sophomore. And there was a sister named Anitra and this DJ, his name is DJ Midday. And they were in a small, small art gallery, probably no bigger than the bedroom I'm sitting in or the studio that you're sitting in. Mm -hmm. And they had an open mic called Urban Safari. I forgot what Safari was for. It was an acronym. It was like sounds African something blah, 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 blah. And it was every other Friday. There wasn't a date. It wasn't first and third. It wasn't second and fourth. It was just every other as it, you know, the calendar. Yeah. Was. They, were, they were students at Norfolk State University. They started passing out flyers at all. Okay. At all <laughs> the, um, at all the schools. I was at Old Dominion, heard about them, went to Urban Safari. And then I think Anitra graduated and moved to DC, I think. And then DJ Midday stayed and he needed a new host. Dun, 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 dun. Right. And so then we moved to this other art gallery, whoever her knows, it was two um, lesbians. They were white. They were a couple and they were so welcoming. I remember we had wood floors and white brick walls and we stayed there for years. We had album release parties and we had um, whatever. That's when I met uh, Lamar first and then Talam and then um, 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 uh, what's his name from the poet MC, poet MCs and then uh, <clears throat> and then um, what's his name dry fish and then droopy and then and then and then and then and then and then it was all like DMV droopy the then. broke baller droopy the broke baller uh, who went to Howard yeah. and became a teacher professor something like that and then um, then I started going down to North Carolina met Desan and met the whole tr people in in the triangle and then started to go to Florida. So then I was on, so then the tower, so then I got fired from Bank of America immediately after I became a full-time poet. So that's 98, um, 
I put out my first album in 2001. I still had an afro, but it was a it was like my perm was growing out, my relaxer was growing out. Right. So it was like straight on the end and like curly in the middle and I was coming into consciousness. I was learning a, about um the Isis papers. I was learning about um, Jessica Care Moore and Mums and Amir Baraka and Roz Baraka. And I was learning about Elaine Brown and the Black Panthers. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to be a Black Panther. That was my first tattoo. It's on my back. I was like so old right now. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. I was on the uh, DC Poetry Slam team first, DC Baltimore Poetry Slam team first, way back before it was um, wow. Ken and them. And yeah, and uh, Lady Brianna and all of them. It was this white woman and um, um, what's his name, Grandma Dave, and all of them. And uh, Twain, Dooley. Oh my God, these names were just coming back to me. It's so crazy. So then I started to travel up and down the East Coast. When I met Talam, he was like, "Yo, come to the West Coast." I started to go to the West Coast. He was like, "Yo, go overseas." I started to go overseas, and then you know, just networking. And Talam produced my. Um, second third and fourth album i believe really and, yep and my my first album was called i confess the second one was called the truth the message and then get familiar and then after get familiar was a big gap i didn't make another album until 2010 and what i did was collaborate 30 live tracks and called it shibatar asia from asia the the guy poet from um Florida made me a, a Sheepatar like album cover. It was so dope. And then I had a huge gap. And that's when I met you. So I had a huge, huge, huge gap. And I didn't make another. Well, I made two books. I had the album in 2010. Then I put out a book from foster care to fame poems and short wow. stories in 2012. And I put out a running book because I started with Lululemon. And then I met you. And then that summer, last summer is when I put out The Fuck It Pill. So that was the name of that album. It was called The Fuck It Pill. And wow. so the rules of the Recording Academy as we start to go in is if you do not get nominated, you can use some of those tracks from your previous album. Um, but it has to be a new album and a new release. So you can lift some of those, what I call lifting, it's not an official term, but you, you can lift some of those old tracks, remix them, leave them the same, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, add some new stuff to the album, come out. But also remember for poets, for the spoken word category, we only have to have 30 minutes and it can be recorded or live or both. It can be intermingled or whatever. You can make it creative. You can do whatever you want. Um, and then if you do not get nominated, nominated. So I want to make this very clear because uh, people have been calling me nominated for a long time. And no, I did not correct them because why not? And I was on Robert Glasper's album who was nominated for a Grammy. So I think people were kind of getting that confused. It's just like, hey, whatever. So wait, 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 hold on. So you don't, you don't receive that title as Grammy nominated if you're on the album? No, it's that person's nomination. So only if he wins it, does everybody involved get, no? You can say you were on a Grammy award winning album. And so what happens with black people, because we like to shorten stuff, give everything a nickname. Queen, she was on a queen. She was a Grammy award winning. Like they just cut out the whole middle, you know, but also let me be clear for anybody who's watching and putting notes in here. Let me be clear. Two things happen. When Deaf Poetry was out, people started introducing me as been on Deaf Poetry. What am I going to do? Get on stage and be like, no, 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 guys. No, was never on it. Never happened. Because what they're saying to me is 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 a compliment. It's saying, 
you might as well have been because you're good enough to, I mean, obviously you, you had to have been right. You were there. Right. So, and so that's happened a few times for me. So what has happened is that you can say you are on a, I'm a Grammy collaborated artist. So I had to, so what happened? This is what happened. So I also thought like you did and put Grammy nominated like in my um, email signature. So, and because I'm a part of the Recording Academy and the Atlanta chapter, somebody from the Recording Academy who was emailing me, we were emailing about something. And then she was like, um, I looked you up and you are not Grammy nominated. I do see that you were on Robert Glasper's album. Who This is how her voice is in my head, right? Who knows? Right. <laughs> She's like, I do see that you were on Robert Glasper's album and he was nominated for, but that does not make you. And she said, you better take that off before legal season. Damn. Like, I can't just, why can't you just say, would you mind taking it off? And, you know, like, you know, just like, dang, you got to threaten me before legal season? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Fine. So I changed everything to say on Robert Glasper's album, Grammy collaborated, not nominated. And let's make that really clear. So even the other day, I think somebody introduced me at, no, when I was featuring in Greenville on Sunday, somebody was like, two time Grammy nominated. And I was like. So, and it was a smaller room, so I was able to explain it, right? But you know, if I'm standing in front of two, three hundred people, I'm not going about to be like, no, 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 that's not. But what I do do in in that instance and say now, I'm be like, thank you so much. I appreciate you know the introduction. I am, you know, I, I can't even, actually. It's against the rules to even say the year. I was about to say the year. It's there's so many rules. You can't say the year, and you can't say the the number of the telecast. Let's pretend it's telecast one. It's not, so I won't get in trouble. You right. can't say the the number one, you know, year, let's make up a year. Year 1746 Grammy Awards. You can't you can't say the year because they want it to be about the album, not about you. It cannot be a personal plea. You can't say, again, I'm gonna make up something so I don't get in trouble. And also, there is a manager for every category. So they are watching us, especially now that there's only five nominees. They are watching us, our social media, every day. Don't slip. If they on our LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Now, if somebody happens to innocently, such as a radio or whatever, slip and do something, it is my duty to be like, whoa, 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 I appreciate you. However, the album is up for nomination and your consideration. Um, if you're a voting member, it's up for your listening consideration um, under the uh, spoken word poetry category. And voting ends January 4th. That's what I can say. It's not about me. You can't say, let's pretend it's Big Bird so we can make up somebody. You can't say, Big Bird is the the yellowest bird. <laughs> like, you right. know, it's not about Big Bird. It's about Big Bird's album. So the whole point of the Recording Academy and the Grammys. So another thing, the Grammys is the event. The Grammys is the telecast. The Grammys is the thing. Right. The Recording Academy is the family you are joining. It's the community that you are joining. Uh -huh. So you are joining the Recording Academy, right? You're, you're joining an academy, a school, a, a learning process. And then the Grammys are the event that happens at the end of their year. every year. So, so I know you, we went a whole- You currently year. cannot say Grammy nominated. No, no, no. I can say Grammy nominated. I can't say the year or the number of the telecast. Got it. I can't say the 1875 Grammy Awards. Even if you win, even when you win. No, oh, no, 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 no. They just mean now during voting. 
So after January 4th, I could get on my social media and be like, da, 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 da. Right, no, right. Because voting is over. They, during voting, they don't want you to be like, Big Bird has the, the longest beak, so you should vote for him. You can't say vote. You can't say none of that. Got it. It's almost like v voting for politicians. You, you can't uh, coerce people. Right. So that's exactly what they're saying. You cannot buy. You cannot coerce. You can't even. <laughs> so me and my team, <coughs> and I'll admit, and I'm so glad we read the. So this is what me and my team did. So when I say team, I say two friends, Lady V and Don. Don is a poet out of Dallas who's amazing. He's an amazing mm -hmm. poet. Lady V is a poet out of Atlanta. She's amazing. She has a great. We just got together and I was like, y'all want to do this job? And they were like, yeah, that was it. It wasn't like I got. Ex, you know, social media manager expert. Don said he's starting a social media manager. He wanted to do that for poets. I said, okay, well, I'm a poet. Let's start. I was like one of his first people. So we, don't, we are literally making up our campaign as sure. we're going, right? So whatever we're, pu we're putting out, Don and I are the night before, the day before, like, all right, what's the clip going to say? Who's going to be on it? What's the post going to say? What we gonna we're, just, we're just doing what we know until yeah. somebody else comes along. And Lady V... Um, she was like, any way I can help. This was months ago, years ago. She was like, any mm -hmm. way I can help. I said, well, you know what? I need people to look up media outlets to send out this press release. And she was like, boom. And it was for events at the time. So, But she just kept going. So I think we're going on a little over a year. And again, just making up. We just started a spreadsheet together. Like, we still do it together. We, we're like, oh, so-and-so has a podcast. Put him on the spreadsheet. Oh, just, just like you said earlier. Yep. Just like you said earlier. So-and-so mm -hmm. got a podcast. Put him on the spreadsheet. So yep. now, anytime we have an event or something big or something like this, we send it out to, we send, we right. create a press release together. And then we we choose the pictures together, we write it together, edit it together, and we're like, all right, go send it out, send it out, see what happens. And then it's her email address, so they're replying to her and saying, oh, hey, yeah, we'd love to have Queen Sheba on to talk about her Grammy nominated. Yes, you can say Grammy nominated because you are Grammy mm. nominated for sure. It's hard to find people that think like that, like Lady V and and the young uh, the other young Don, oh, Don. you know, to 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 see and say. You know, I want to be a part of what you're building and growing and um, uh, can appreciate where it will go and just want to be connected. But you know who does that? Who Y'all not. OK, when I say y'all, I mean the general y'all. Y'all yeah. not thinking about this. I know. Drake does it. Jay-Z does it. Who is hot right now? Let me do a collab. Yep. That's all they do. And so it's not just Don and Lady V saying, hey, I want to be a part of with your building, I'm saying, oh, you're starting your social media right. company? Well, let me be a part of your start. Yep. Because you're going to work hard. You're going to do your best. You're going to be on time. You're going to, because, because, and especially me, be, and I understand the weight that I carry. So especially me being me, they're not going to want to mess up. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But also on the other side, I make sure to pay them on time. So they're not on social media like, she, queen, she ain't paid us in four weeks. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? And then we, yeah, it matters. It really matters. You know, I'm really clear and communicative with them about everything. And they they rock. They rock with me. So I really yeah. appreciate that. So it's uh -huh. also Lady V saying, hey, you know what? I produce these events, but I also wanted to get into PR work. I, I said, oh, girl, guess what? Because I need a, I need another me over here doing this while I'm over here doing this. So have yeah. at it. And I hate spreadsheets anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love that. I love that. Like, so 
I, I know we've gotten to this stage, but where did the business aspect of poetry say, hello, we need to talk. We need to talk about this business. Talam uh, in the beginning. Talam. Talam in the very beginning. From I want y'all to understand from the gate. Talam said, write down. Uh, I'm again making up. I went to Mangoes, Mangoes before Busboys and Poets. I went to Mangoes, Bar 13, Busboys and Poets. I sold 27 CDs. Dinner cost this much. The train mm -hmm. cost this much. Mm -hmm. Um the the Airbnb or the hotel, or I kicked my friend $50 for sleeping on their couch. He said, write it all down. One, you'll be able to keep track of what you're spending and manage what you're spending. And then um this brother named Cephas Jackson, who lives up there in Maryland, he was in Norfolk, Virginia with me while Talam was teaching me that part. And he said, you need an LLC. I said, what the, what the heck is an LLC? And so he was like, drive to Richmond, which is from Norfolk, 90 miles, so an hour and some change. He said, get up, crack it on, drive to Richmond. They're going to tell you, they're going to mail it to you at you know six to eight weeks tell them you want it expedited and hand them an extra $100. I think the LLC, I don't remember how much it was back mm -hmm. then, it was super cheap, $50 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And this is 2001. I got fired from Bank of America. Remember, I started in 98, got fired from Bank of America 2001. In July, towers fell in September. Well, you know, I, I hate when people say fell. They got smashed by some planes. Right. right. Um, and people were murdered and died. Right. Um, so... 9-11 happened, and then I was like, oh, shoot, it's putting a hindrance on my, it's putting a hindrance on the beginning of my right. career here. Right. Um, so that happened, and then Cephas was like, you need a business. What's the name of your business? I called it Oya Exclusive, something really hard and difficult to hear over the radio. I then changed it years later to Below the Radar. I kept Oya Exclusive because when you keep the history of the LLC, you can then later change the name if you want to. You still get to keep the history of it. So there's some poetry business for you. So I, um, in in Georgia, our LLCs are only $100. Every time I think of an idea, I buy an LLC. I think I have seven at this point. You can also move money around between LLCs. It's considered a deposit. It's not illegal. So if right. you have a, you get $1,000 into Below the Radar and you need to pay Poetry versus Hip Hop to book said Artist, then you move that thousand to Poetry versus Hip Hop. Now below the radar had a deposit of a thousand dollars. Poetry versus Hip Hop got a, a deposit of a thousand dollars. Now you need to pay. Um, now you want to get a, a a cookie company to come and do desserts for your event that Below the Radar has now hired Poetry versus Hip Hop to do. Now Poetry versus Hip Hop going to take that same thousand dollars and move it to the bank account for. Uh, um, I have a company, an LLC called um, Cookies and Candles. So now they just hire Cookies and Candles to that same thousand. It's the same thousand dollars. You're just moving it, moving it, moving it. And now there's all these deposits. And so it looks like your net worth for um, or your gross or your net worth for these companies is now growing. But that's a whole nother podcast. But anyway, long story short, Cephas said, get a get a LLC, drive to Richmond, hand them another $100 and tell them you want to expedite it. The lady kind of looked at me like she was surprised I knew to say that. I remember the look on her face. She was like, yeah, fill out this form for your LLC. She was like, okay, it'll be mailed to you in like four to six weeks. I was like, I'd like to expedite it and handed her like $100 in cash. And she was like, I remember she tilted her head like, who told you that? <laughs> Who told you that information? And she went to the back, printed it, and handed it to me. See? Fastest explanation in the world. Thank it's you, Richmond, Virginia. And it's then the with that and the knowledge. That LLC, then you and then I went to Bank of America and started my first 
um, business bank account. So I'm still with Bank of America. I'm with Wells Fargo, Navy Federal. If you can get into a credit union, you should get into a credit union. I don't care if you have one bank account, just keep $5 in it. Now, credit unions, you don't have to keep a minimum. You don't get fees. If you got a dollar in that joker, it'll stay open. That's it. And so you just belong somewhere. Uh, get a credit card. Navy Federal has given me two cards. You didn't give me my house, though, over COVID when interest rates were 3%. And I'm really mad at you, Navy Federal. It's talking about you're an entrepreneur and the only money we can count is at $10,000 that you make it Clark. What? <laughs> said, you don't know me. I said, okay. I was telling my partner um, the other day, I saw this super hilarious meme that's so perfect. It said... Um, I just want to have a hundred thousand dollars in my bank. I don't know if it's a bank account savings account. Yeah. I want to have a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account, travel internationally once a month, and qualify for food stamps. <laughs> I, said, I said that's exactly how I want my life. That's exactly how I want that, my life. Because as an artist, pretty. you want all the benefits, but you have to pretend to be broke on paper to get all these government benefits. But then on the other side, you're like, well, where do I keep all this cash? Do I keep it in my mattress? But if you keep it in your mattress, then you can't buy a house and a car and, and buy the, the, the poet life um, van fleet that you were talking about for transporting um, people back and forth to these festivals. I mean, it's so crazy. It's like, what do you do, man? Do you, and then as soon as you become a millionaire billionaire, people are after you. It's just like, yeah, it's, I, I just think I think it's um you just keep getting more and more knowledge of how to manage your new level of achievement. Yeah. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like like mm -hmm. you you you've done well prior to Talam and then you got more information and then you got more information. No, no, no. Let's be clear. I met Talam my month two in the game. Really? Month two. I met Lamar. Lamar came to Lamar Hill. <clears throat> who's from Newark. I think he lives in Baltimore now. He came to Norfolk in, um, I think it's 2001. He came June, 2001, came to Urban Safari. At that time, me and Godchild were hosting. He loved it. He was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Because at that time we had built up to um, 150 people, 125 people, still every other Friday, no particular date. And then, was that 2000? Because the reason I say that is, so 2000, 2001, might've been 2001. Anyway, so then Lamar was needed a ride to Baltimore. It wasn't even like he was really trying to introduce me to the game. He was like, hey, I need a ride to Baltimore. There's an open mic you should go to, basically. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, bump it. So by that time I was fired from Bank of America, it was July, 2001. So I must have been on 106 and Park and the Apollo 2002 because it was literally six months later. So I get fired from Bank of America. So I meet Lamar. I'm not fired from Bank of America yet, but he's like, come to North Carolina. Come, da, 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 da. So I'm coming in late. I'm tired. I'm now a supervisor at Bank of America. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting out my perm. I'm growing the afro. They're like, girl, bye. Girl, bye. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Now I'm starting to wear silver cuffs and silver rings and shaving my head. Uh-uh. Bye, girl. We, uh, I don't know what just happened to you, but here's your five-year pen. Get, get the bleep out of here, right? So, yeah, it was it was 2001. So 2001, I wasn't fired yet when I met Lamar. Started traveling a little bit up and down. Got fired for being late, irresponsible. 
taking my team out to live and listen to poetry. Somebody dry snitched on me too. My supervisor, she was taking us outside to listen to poetry. Fine. I'm not supposed to do that. Whatever. I was practicing my poems, guys. And then, um, then Lamar needed a ride to Baltimore. He was like, I'm going to introduce you to Tiff, who um, owns Poetology. And he was like, my homeboy Talam will be there. I met Talam. I think if Lamar featured in June, Urban Safari, Talam featured in July. It was like that. So I immediately, they immediately took me to the New Eurekan following that. Like, it was like, boom, boom, boom. Like, hit, hit, it was like, and at the time, Lamar and Talam were king, period. Salam, mm. Lamar, Nairobi, Salab, King, Queen, boom. You can Nairobi Salah used to be part of um, Poor Righteous Teachers. And then I think now, current like today, I think she's a principal in Philly, I believe. I believe that's you know mm. what she is. Um, amazing post. She was a host in Newark forever. I learned my hosting from Nairobi Salah. Let's make it very clear. She was funny, engaging, made jokes about herself was just awesome with introducing people, made everybody feel like a star if it was their first time or they were a veteran. And I was like, amazing, mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. um, later on, I was, um, in 2012, I was roommates with um, Ed Mabry and we lived in Charlotte. We had a condo in Charlotte, super dope, bright. I love that uh, condo, it was amazing. And we both went, he was like, I'm gonna go to comedy school at the Comedy Zone. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to comedy school at the Comedy Zone. So um, we were influencers back then. They let us in for like half the price. And as long as we advertised that, you know, we were going there and that was six weeks. And then that's where I learned to fuse jokes in between my poems or stop. So. You know, I when I see things that I started in other people, I, I never call it out. But um, what, so, what what goats are you not connected to? You just named Ed Mabry, a whole list of that. Like, who are you not connected to? Name like, somebody. Let's see if I'm connected to him. Um, shoot, I'm sure you see. Man, it, it's so crazy. Uh, first of all, I didn't know you went to um, ODU. You know, I, I went to Old Dominion, and then for grad school, I went to Queens University. See, the other day, somebody said I went to Queens College. Queens College is in New York, which is great. I went right. to Queens University in Charlotte, so that's why I was in Charlotte. My son's my son's father's side of the family um, lives in Charlotte, so it made sense. I was like, I hate. It. I went to Antioch first, out in LA for my first year of grad school, hated it, and then um, I was like, where else can I go? And I was somebody suggested Queens University. So I applied at Queens University, got in over there, and I was at like the height, the peak of my running. So I'm like super fast, super small, um, doing all these marathons, half marathons, 10Ks, relays. And then I'm in grad school. My son's family is there. It just, um, my son and lived with his dad there. And so it just really worked out. My son lived with me until he was five-ish. Yeah. And then went to go live with his with his dad. What's your I, ideal? What's your, what's your what's your end game? What's your ideal place that you end up? You know what I mean? Like, because you've done so much in poetry that poets could only dream of. You said 106 in Park and this that, like 106 in Park, the Apollo. I was in a movie called Spit. I've been fired from Slam. <laughs> um, I was banned from Slam for two years. How? Because I Kanye before Kanye Kanye. So we were in we were in New Mexico. I'm glad you asked that. Um, not a lot of people ask that. Um, we were in New Mexico. I was on the Charlotte Slam team in 2000 and 
five because it's August. It's always on the week of my birthday. My birthday is August 11th. Y'all send me a cash app. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we were in New Mexico. The guy that I was dating in Greenbelt, Maryland, hated that I did poetry. I was at the beginning of my career and money was, money's funny now. <laughs> like I'm not, you know, my partner now is, is making it funny. Oh man. I mean, because it's like you have these great six months and then nothing. like November, December. Yeah. But I learned this year, I learned what to do. We won't go into that now. I mean, I might, I'll mention it later. It's not a secret. I yeah. learned, I'll just say real fast. I learned that from now on, when people ask me what my availability is, I'm going to say December and work backwards. <laughs> mm -hmm. say, Book me for December. They're going to be like, Dece yeah, I'm not available to December. Because all the other months are easy. All the other months, people are looking for you. Um, even January, like it's Martin Luther King and then Black History Month and then Women's yeah. History Month and then National Poetry Month. Now we're into the summer festival. So no, holiday, no holiday, no holiday events that you could tap into? For um, the LGBT for November community, and December? Yes. No more. They hire singers. I, hey, if cook me up. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah. I mean, hey, I you tell gotta, anybody, if you book it. I get you a Christmas poem to... Uh, you know what? Let me get me a Christmas poem. I'm right. Thank you. I'm writing one this week. Thank you so much. I'm writing Thanksgiving and Christmas. You'll rock out November and December. Be good to go. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm a I'm a post my Christmas poem and tag you and make you a collaborator. <laughs> but you know you what so it is? You know, um, because we are no longer ind individuals, we are entities. I, whatever I see businesses do, I do. Right. For sure. Whatever, whatever holiday is coming up. And when you go into a store, uh, oh, right. no, yeah, you see right. the sale yeah. coming up. See? Light bulb uh, see just went up. Now I'm about to do the whole year. Yeah. I'm about to do the whole year. <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> like, really, like you literally can plan out your entire year because some big events, they begin planning a year out. Oh, for sure. Right. So they're already planning for next December. You know what I mean? You know what? You just got my wheels turning. I'm yeah. about to dress the part. Do the poem. Right. That's all you oh, got to yeah. do is have it. Yeah. And you know what? And, and now that you say that, it doesn't even have to be uh, posted during the time. You just have no, to have it. Just have to have it. Thank Basically, you so your much. poems become your products. See, this is, this is why. Product. This is why, right here. This is why. Yeah, yeah. Your poems become your products. I got a, I got a Black History. I got a yeah. Poetry oh. Month. Yeah. You know. So, so yeah. um, that's that's so. But you blew my mind that you became full time in '98. I became full time in 2001. 2001. So that's why I was saying. So there was. So '98, I started doing what we were calling spoken word. I started going to the open Got mics in, in Norfolk. Then um, midday, Anitra left, and the midday needed a host. And he was like, "Hey, you and Godchild are starting to do poetry around Norfolk. You guys are starting to create some buzz. Y'all want to come in as the host of Urban Safari?" So now there's two of us. There's a uh, a man and a woman. There's me and Godchild. I I have the intersectionality of being LGBT. Black woman, blah, blah, blah. He's a, a black man. It was great. He was tall. We were both attractive, you know, just, you know, saying. And then people were just like, oh, this is amazing. And then, you know, I started to get into fashion and people used to challenge me. I, man, I wish there was TikTok 10. People used to challenge me. 
that I couldn't pull something off. One time they said, I bet you can't pull off a laundry bag, you know, because I wear a lot of skirts. Man, mm. I found a camouflage laundry bag, cut that joker, like sewed the top, put probably a turtleneck knowing me, like a leather jacket, you know, I'm like black panthered out and some boots. And they were like, no way. Like the, every other week that, you know, they would give me a challenge. I bet you can't wear a da 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 da. So I wish there was TikTok back then, man. I right. was pulling off everything. My first album cover, I have on a sheet. I, all I did was have a sheet on and my Afro out and some big silver earrings. Hey, that's a dope like, angle for TikTok. You 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 ask them to challenge you to yep. to 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 create something out of nothing. Out of nothing, they they were like, "I bet you can't rock a such and such as a poet and go to a show." And yep, and I remember wearing some purple clear, like purple clear, could be slick stripper shoes with a camouflage skirt later on. And I remember this girl coming up to me and being like. And she was really fashionable too. She, I remember her looking at me like, I see it. <laughs> she was like, she said, it doesn't go, but it goes. Right. It doesn't go. And then when I was on, um, when I was on um, Versus and Flow, I still have it. I refuse to give away the dress. It's the, you know, it's faded. I still wear it. It's a black dress, white polka dots, and it buttons all the way down, short, like cap sleeves. And, um, I think that was the first time I wore my tool on TV, right? So I had some of the buttons open at the bottom and the tool was black and white. So it was black and white polka dots, black and white striped tool. I had on fishnet stockings and I had on a blue belt with a silver buckle. I turned the collar up and then I remember using my poetry money. This was 2012. I was in grad school out in Antioch going to Aldo. And I still have, I refuse to get rid of the shoes or the skirt because I just remember being so proud of it. Maybe I'll rewear it. And um, and I bought these shoes that had pink, beige, yellow, blue with a, like a black and white pattern in it. And I wore those. I remember walking on stage and we were taping for um, Verses and Flow and the whole audience was like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, the whole, before I said a word, they were like, they were clapping for my outfit I before it. I said a word. I love it. And I think my hair was short. It was like short curly at the time. They were like, oh my God. <laughs> like, and so it. I just remember, it wasn't the first time that I knew that fashion was important to me, but um, I just, you know, those moments mm. just make me realize. Then I was on um, Lyric Cafe and I had started to have my friend make me clothes in Atlanta. And she's my very good, she's about to make my dress for the Grammys. And we've been friends for 20 years. And I was wearing black all the time. She's like, I'm not making you black ever again. Like, so for um, Lyric Cafe, she made me this yellow tank top and this huge tool to the floor red skirt. And um, uh, uh, what's his name? Sleepy Brown was our host. And Kelly Love Jones played the guitar for me while I did poetry and sang rock. Like, it, man, I like to tell people, just do whatever you want to do. At the same time, learn the business of it so you can do what yes. you want to do. Yeah. And exchange with people yeah. and network with them and yeah. give away your information freely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But see, the thing, you know, you don't necessarily want to work with somebody who doesn't have their business in order. I mean, not just work about with that. them. No, not work with them. But you do want to. If if they're interested in show effort, yes, that's where I get my mentors. Yes. 
people who people say, can you be my mentor all the time? I'm like, what are you bringing? Right. Like, not bringing me a gift. Like, no, are no, you no, bringing no. the effort, the time, yes. I'm gonna put the time in? So, yeah. So when yes. people say that, you know, I mean, I learned a lot from you from when you were down in Atlanta, when we hung yeah. out. So, yeah. 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 And then just now I'm about to make, you know, all 12 holidays. This <laughs> is strategy. Yeah. It, you know you what I mean? I'm so glad you used that word. So um, my small team that's going with me to the Grammys is my PR person. And then my PR person. Lady V's going? No. Okay. So no. So I hired a professional PR person who had. So there's a, like you said, there's levels, right? So she's beginning and we're figuring that part out. But for the Grammys, you want to hire somebody that's been in the game so that they can call Saturday Night Live and they know who that is. Lady V can't call. Today, she can't, right? Today, she can't call Saturday Night Live and say, hey, I'm Lady V. Remember when I booked so-and-so. Now, this PR person that I've hired for the Grammys, um, she knows everybody. And that's her job. Knows the connects to, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. You know, she has some things in the work. Obviously, you know, I don't want to discuss them because they may not ever formulate. But yeah, she has some great things in the works and we'll see, you know, yeah. and I'm learning the process too. I learned that I'm behind the eight ball on getting a PR person. I told her, I said, I didn't even know I was supposed to have one straight up. I, yeah. when I, the day that I got the nomination, I was in Jamaica with my cycling crew. Shout out to Bonafide um, Rider cycling crew. We went back to riding our bikes. I didn't make any phone calls. I mean, I made phone calls to the people that were on the album, but she said, my PR person said I should have called or I should have already had a PR person. Um, and then once I got nominated, you know, everybody's watching the nomination. If I don't get nominated, cool, they just, you know, go on to somebody else. But once I got the nomination, she should have been on the phone or she or he should have been on the phone. Like, da-da-da. you know, well, I will say one thing that was interesting that she said is that nominees, like as you because you're a nominee, especially this new category that's only two years old, you should be presenting not in our category, obviously, but you should be presenting. You're a nominee. And then I was telling my partner yesterday, I said, I guess I'm not realizing the gravity of being a nominee. Like, I'm not realizing how much you could do with this. She was like, you should be, you're a a nominee, you're a Grammy nominated artist forever now. Regardless of what happens on. You're trying to, you're trying to stay normal, but you're not normal anymore. Anymore. Yep. And it's, and it's, I was talking to my wife about that. You know, it's hard because you want to stay grounded, but you got to be careful with that. Where you're not leveraging the opportunity. Yes. There's yes. nothing wrong with leveraging the opportunity because you don't know how long the opportunity is going to last. Period. So, yeah. yeah. And, and this is what I tell people about being nominated. Being nominated yeah. can change your life if you have the right team, people if you're in your strategic. corner. Strategic. So that's why, let me get back to that. So the PR person said, when you go, you also need a strategic planner. And so we hired my friend, Leslie, who lives in Philly, who I met, check this story out. My friend, Leslie, who lives in Philly, who I met in Israel earlier this year when we went on the um, the delegation social impact educational tour, but she already knew me. She was like, oh, I've been to your shows when you came to Philly. And I'm like... I just got Queen Sheba in Israel in a hotel lobby. We didn't meet each other. There was eight of us. We didn't meet each other. And they purposely didn't do that until we all 
um, met each other in Israel in the hotel lobby. But anyway, so she's going to be my strategist. And so we're having meetings about that. And so it it is, so being nominated, you can change your life if you have the right strategist, mm-hmm. if you leverage it properly. And there's nothing wrong with leveraging it, right? Yeah. Winning your category will immediately change your life oh, sure. that sure. day. For that sure. day, it's a wrap. It's a, yeah. it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Oh, Don't ask definitely. me to do anything else for two hundred dollars. No, I, right, I, na- I, right now, Amanda Gorham is booking her zooms for thirty thousand dollars for thirty minutes. Yep. Her in-person appearances are fifty thousand dollars. She's done the inauguration and the Atlanta Super Bowl. Why mm-hmm. Georgia Me didn't do the Atlanta Super Bowl? We're not going to argue about that right now. It's in the past. Jay Ivy, the last I asked his manager, and Jay Ivy and I are friend friends. Like mm-hmm. I can call him on the phone, friends. Mm-hmm. He last I heard, and if it's gone up, forgive me. I asked his manager, and he said, "Oh, I'll." Ask. <laughs> he said, "I'll tell my manager to give you a discount for Poetry versus Hip Hop." I'm like, I'm thinking like, okay, cool. Like I already know it's gonna be a mint, but let me just see what she said. Twenty grand mm-hmm. for. 20 minutes at Poetry versus Hip Hop. Because that's just our time slot. It's not that I could even make it longer if I wanted to. Sure, you could do an hour, but, you know, 20, 30 minutes. 20 right. grand. Right. And with, the, green, with, I met strategy, him. with the strategy and getting him on would blow Poetry versus Hip Hop to the stratosphere. I, th- I think we're still going to try to do it for Chicago. So... Poetry versus hip hop, for those of you all who are um, new to me, thank you and welcome, is uh, my company. And it is a stage show and a production company. And we are right now on tour with City Winery. So thank you so much, City Winery. We appreciate that. So right now we're doing um, Atlanta City Winery, two shows, February 11th. So literally, I come back from the Grammys uh, as a winner. We're going to claim that to put in the universe. Um, I come back on February 6th, which is a Tuesday. And uh, Poetry versus Hip Hop in Atlanta is February, Sunday, February 11th, two shows, 6.30, 9.30. And then two days later, we're going to be in Nashville um, at that city winery on Tuesday, February 11th. And then we jump all the way to the summer. So we, then we start again until we start in May. We're going to be in the northern section. So we're going to be in Philly, Boston, New York, um, and then um, Chicago and St. Louis will be July. That's, and I think they're creating a Detroit one, but it's not open yet. It won't be open until next year. So there, I think there's 10 total. That's amazing. Yeah, so I don't think y'all understand who y'all listening to and watching right now. I, I don't think y'all understand, but you will. Uh, I'm learning more and more as I have a conversation with her. I, I've known her for two years and I didn't know all of this. So you all are getting a history lesson, not just in what she's been able to do, but all of what you're what you're able to do because she's an example of it. Um, and let me tell y'all something. Bring people. What I learned from Issa Rae, and when I say things like that, yes. I, you know, I'm clear that they're you know they're not my my friends on the phone. But when Issa Rae spoke, when Simon Kyle spoke, when Simon Kyle was starting America's Got Talent, he already did. Um, uh, American Idol, right? He was starting America's Got Talent. And he was promoting for it. And he said, if you think you've gone big, go bigger. I said, oh, thank you. Thank you, Simon Kyle. He said, if you think you've gone big, go bigger. Period. Period. And he was just talking about the performances. Like, he was talking about getting ready for the performances of America's Got Everything. Talent. Everything. Everything. But, of course, that's how I took it. I was like, if you think you've gone big, 
go bigger, right? And then um, Issa Rae said, and I'm paraphrasing, she did not say this word for word, y'all. She basically said, stop asking me to put y'all on. Put yourself on and bring your friends. I said, say less. Because I slick was, because Amanda Seals was Amanda Diva when we were doing poetry at Jimmy Uptown in New York, at Jimmy's Uptown in New York in Harlem. And we were supposed to battle each other and she did not want to battle me at who, Jimmy's Uptown. And it was don't gonna you be, know, bro? And it was going to be on, as uh, it was taped on VH1. So I ended up doing a poem that day, but we, we didn't end up doing the battle. It was on VH1. <laughs> 2002, three, whatever that was. Amanda Seals was Amanda Diva. She, I love her. I follow her. I even DM'd her and was like, hey, you may not remember me. This, is, this was even a few years ago. So I was like, I just wanted to say, you know, I'd love to still be your friends. You know what I mean? I, I don't want anything from you. I'm not asking you to put me on. I'm just like, we were friends or at least poetry friends. Like, we can't still be friends, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get it. But yeah. when Issa Rae said that, she was like, you know, stop asking me to put y'all on. Stop emailing me. Again, she didn't say this word for word. I'm just right. paraphrasing. Right. Right. She's like, stop stop hitting me up. Create some shit. Put your friends on. Do it. That's, that's, that's... All right. So. And that's what question. I did with Poetry versus Tip Hop, basically. So I was like, who who want a job? Who want to do shit that we don't know what we're doing, but we're about to go on tour. Everybody was like, me. But created a group chat, and that was it. I love it. I love it. You didn't answer this question though. Well, what? What's your end game? Oh, what's my end your game. Ideal. What's that look like? So I have two visions. Betty Wright died with gigs on her books. She was what eighty something years old, comedian from um, Golden Girls. Y'all know Betty Wright. Mm -hmm. Um die with gigs on a book. And why that's inspiring to me is she was still going, still doing commercials, still doing stand-up, still in da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So that's one vision I have, right? Um, another vision is, uh, so my partner is the beginning stages of her retirement. She's a, she owns her own business. I'm not saying beginning stages like next month, maybe next 10 years, but even talking to her, her retirement isn't really retirement. It's just a shift. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't own her business. Maybe now she is consulting. Maybe she's investing or whatever. Whatever. I don't really see myself ever ending, ending. I see myself shifting. My yeah. Angelou was booking for $30,000 for an, an hour appearance, mm -hmm. plus all the extras, right? Mm -hmm. And she was being booked at like NASA. Mm-hmm. I see that. Um, Nina Simone, in part of her career, left and went to South Africa. I've always kind of wanted to say I'm going to retire in South Africa, but even retiring South Africa doesn't mean that I'm not going to write books or poems or be active down in South Africa. I just thought that would be a cool place to be. But that was a thought before I have my current partner. My current partner might not want to go to South Africa. Who knows? So it's it's kind of a... Um, and I also told her, and you no, know, this says something about me, however you want to take it. Um, this relationship and partnership is probably the first one that I've taken seriously as an adult. Not a hundred, not, not like I didn't take anyone at all seriously, but like, nah, I'm, I'm in this. 
Like I'm considering someone else other than me when I'm thinking about life. Yeah. So yeah, I have ideas. She has ideas and we're going to play that game merge, you know, that they do. And, right. and we'll figure out what retirement looks like. She's just a couple years older than me. So, you know, Gotcha. Slightly more successful, but you know, <laughs> slightly. But she teaches me. So, <clears throat> and that's what I think that we have to do is that when we find people who are willing to learn, give them that information. And she doesn't right. handhold me. She give me the information, be like, okay, you're going to do it or not. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I respect your time, and I know you said at a certain time. I got a lash appointment, honey. That's what it was. I understand. <laughs> I understand. You know, I got a lot. Uh, it's coming up on Christmas. I got you know, and but let me say this: I say it um, jokingly, but what I will say to the ladies, especially, um, be on time um, and work out, whatever that means. So this morning, I did a thirty-minute row session with Peloton. Um, this evening I'll do like weights or yoga or something like that. It's, it's 30 degrees. I'm not running outside. Y'all know I run. Y'all know I ride. I'm not, I'm not doing it, but the, the general of stay ready. So you don't have to get ready because my PR person who is amazing does have connections with Vogue, Vanity Fair, Saturday Night Live, the Golden Globe Awards. What if they're like, come to, come today. Yeah. Hop on that eight o'clock. Your nails ain't done. Your lashes ain't done. Yeah. And I'm and I'm not saying spend out of your, your your tax bracket. Put it in your budget. Right. And I'm not. I don't have any designs on my nails. They plain Jane. And I'm not. And I say that because I'm not spending another hundred fifty dollars on designs. Right. Get your nails done. Keep them done. Keep keep your body nice. Whatever looking. Whatever that means to you. I, yeah. I know there's everybody's different shapes and sizes. Right. Whatever that means to you. Stay. Um, ready to get, keep your lungs together. I had bronchial infection the last two weeks. Mm. Drink tea, do what you need to do, take your antibiotics, stay out of the cold or whatever. Mm-hmm. Stay ready. And if, if you're working like this, if you're mm-hmm. working like this, if you're working like and this or want to work like this, stay ready. Expect ready. opportunities. Expect opportunities. Expect. Expect. I just told um, Christoph that I moved to Raleigh with my partner. He was like, you're closer? <laughs> we got something for you to do for real for real that's absolutely that's so true. yeah so y'all network with each other give each other the information freely what's meant for you is meant for you just work just work yeah. be consistent be diligent drink water mind your business don't stay in your lane that's a weird thing that we say stay Ooh. don't stay in your lane swerve out see what other people are doing network with other people, talk with other people, then come back and bring some people from the other land and be like, why don't we work together? Leon Bridges, this is my second podcast and I'm saying this on, I would love to do a poem on one of your songs. I totally love you. You're amazing. Leon Bridges, you are dope. You have a song with uh, an old friend of mine. Her name is Ink. And that goes hard. I would love to be on one of your songs, Leon Bridges. So I'm putting it out there. I spice you too, girl. Let's work. <laughs> well, you already know what's going to happen. That's how it works. Yes. Whatever you focus on expands. So mm-hmm. just just wait on it and be prepared for it. Thank you so much for your time and having me on here. No, thank you. One last thing. Share with the people what you can say about the Grammys. I don't want to say anything wrong. You know what to say. 
No problem. If you're watching that, uh, and I know this is pre-recorded, this is absolutely fine. I get that. If you're watching this before January 4th of 2024, my album, A, You're Not Wrong, B, They're Not Either, Bucket Pill Revisited, is up for your Grammy consideration. If you are a voting or professional member, please consider listening to my album, A, You're Not Wrong, B, They're Not Either, The Bucket Pill Revisited. And um, I would love to know what you think. I would love to um, have your consideration. My album is up for best spoken word poetry album. Um, and I would love to have your consideration. I just say consideration a thousand times so I don't get in trouble. <laughs> it, and if you're watching this after January 4th, we can say whatever, but I don't know when this is going to air. So just watch my social media for that. After January 4th, I mean, but right now you can say that Queen Sheba is Grammy nominated in the poetry, in the spoken word poetry category for her album, A, You're Not Wrong, B, They're Not Either, The Fuck a Pill Revisited. And we would love for you to listen to, we can say we would love for you to listen to, I want everybody to listen to it, of course, right? I would love all your streams. I'm on Spotify, I'm verified on Spotify, go to Spotify, listen to the album. And thank you for taking your time to listen to it. Shout out to Seku, the Misfit, for being the narrator for my album this year. Um, I have a track with Robert Glasper, who is up in another category with Chris Brown this year, so it's gonna be hilarious. Um, and also Malcolm Jamal Warner did a track. So Robert Glasper did one track. Malcolm Jamal Warner produced, produced a track. And then the rest of the album is split between, um, her name is Lania White. She goes by Triumph Reigns on Instagram. She's an amazing black woman, queer producer. She's not, she doesn't identify as a queer producer. I'm just saying she's queer and a black woman out of, um, Atlanta. And then this brother, uh, this Latino brother named um, Clayco, who was down in Clayton County in Atlanta, and they split the album. Um, it is mixed and masters out of Clayco's um, um, production, and it's amazing. It's professionally done, and this is my ninth album, you guys. And my fourth submission, I want to make that very clear. So I submitted under Books on Tape under at 7, 8, and 9. Set 8 and 9? 9 and 10? Something like that. I forgot. And then last year and this year. Pill was last year, and then A, you're not wrong, B, you're not, they're not either. The fuck pill revisited is this year. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you so much for carving out some time to speak with me. I'm excited for people to uh, hear this episode. And actually, this will be the first episode of the new podcast, uh, I guess, aesthetically. It is no longer the Poet Life podcast, but it is the Poetry Business podcast. So uh, thank you so much for uh, availing yourself. And I'm so excited for your growth and your achievements. And everybody listening and watching, listen, it's the, I was about to say the Poet Life podcast. It is the Poetry Business podcast now. Uh, but if you need more information about the Poet Life, go to thepoetlife.com. Wait, so, oh, wait, I got something that's coming up for me. When I say coming up for me, that means God is giving me something that Talk I just cannot let pass by. Can I suggest? Yes. Can I make a suggestion? Please. Since we're thinking big and thinking Come future. On, mentor. So why not keep it? Oh, wait, wait. Something else came up. Okay. Why not the Poet Life Network mm. that has branches of what the poet life would be because yes you are correct obviously mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
the poet life would be the big umbrella as yes. the network. Correct. Your, network right and then there's poetry business there's poetry fashion there's poetry travel there's poetry food there's poetry yeah whatever sure so i my no 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 i hear you yeah no i'm there with you yeah because you because you could get you know like they travel on hgtv you could get other poets who specialize not once, a thousand million times. You get different poets who are chefs. Go to them or they, they send you content for your Poet Life network. Yeah. Now you're the own network. Oprah's network? Yes. But now you're the Poet Life. That's your network, your TV network, right? And then four o'clock is whatever. I don't know. People got movies, TV shows, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. life could be the network and whatever. I, my yes. podcast, I want to be called Gay Rights. So maybe I do Gay Rights under the Poet Life Network. Gotcha. Gay Rights, W R I T E S. So that's going to be the name of my podcast. And so if you about to open up a whole new ep- uh, episode because I am always trying to get clear with all of these ideas you know what i mean and um and it comes out in different iterations and so now you're giving me more and because because what happened for me the advice i got earlier this year Mm -hmm. with all these llcs that sounds fun but it's a mess we didn't really get into that because i know we had to move on Sure. So really, people, what I've done is now poetry versus hip hop is my big. That's poetry versus hip hop is the stage show. But now it's poetry versus hip hop productions. So now it's poetry versus hip hop stage show. Then everything else I have is a brand under poetry versus hip hop. Yes. So you poet poet life. You can't get a better name than that. No, it's just sure. For sure. And for you, to, I would not take that away at all whatsoever I, and that to me needs to be poet life presents every oh and, and it does it's it's poet life presents everything and actually it's poet life presents the poetry business so we i'm gonna call you we, we're gonna talk more. okay okay, we're okay. Talk more. yeah uh, streamline make it clean because sure. now when people refer to me i i want them queen sheba poetry versus hip-hop that's it and all the other brand it don't matter they don't need to know about that they just right. need to poetry versus right. hip-hop presents Poetry After Dark presents gotcha. da, 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 da. So hit, hit, real quick before we close out, I want to give you the where I am. Um, because I have two audiences. I have the audience of the organizations that I serve okay. and and the poets that I teach and educate. And so for the longest, I've been t- teaching and serving the organizations Um uh, under one, the poet life on Instagram, this, that, and the third. And one, I want to be clear on my end, but I want to make sure that my audiences are clear as well. So my thought pattern was for the poet life to serve the organizations with our services, right? To help them increase their engagement, enhance their messaging and marketing, which we were doing well. Uh, but under, so uh, for the, where we educate the poets, it would be the Poet Life Presents, the Poetry Business Network, where we have poets all around the world and we're teaching them how to create a career with poetry. That's the thought 
pattern here. But, but there's so many aspects. I know now you're just giving me more and and <laughs> yeah. Because one day somebody could come in and teach about LLCs. The next day somebody comes teach about the Sam's number. Next day somebody comes teach about EIN. So it, you know what I mean? There's, I, I created a document of 10 things that poets need to have if they want to start a small business. Yeah. yeah. So, but every, but that's a, that's a, that's a lesson every day or every week. Yeah. I just Ain't published how to clean up your, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Hi, y'all. I gotta go. I gotta get my last I know. They the gonna poet, charge me a late fee. It's the poet life everything. Y'all. Y'all oh, have an awesome day. Send me Queen a t-shirt. I appreciate you. Send me a t-shirt so I can wear it in LA. Oh, it's a done deal. You know I'm going to do it. I I'm got gonna you. I'm going to text you um, my um, Raleigh address.